Good morning and happy Tuesday to you. My name's Rick Beta, and this is the No Mongo Podcast. So welcome. It's a weekly show about all things skateboarding. I cram as much as I can in about eh, 30 minutes or so. And I'm coming to you live from San Jose, California. So anyone living in the Bay Area, what's up? <laughs> Thanks for allowing me to be part of your, you know, your daily grind. So I mean, I really do appreciate it. You can follow along on social media, you know, in between episodes and all that fun stuff. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Rick Beta. That's R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A. And you can also email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com. Okay. I think I'm ready. Let's do this. <clears throat> uh, it's a little cold in the studio today, but I guess I shouldn't complain. My version of cold in San Jose is nothing like what a lot of you guys are experiencing. So I'm just going to say that and move on. So my first topic today is about, I guess it's about a, I guess you'd say it's a pretty well-known brand in the skateboarding industry, of course. In fact, they are celebrating their, it's they called it their 30th anniversary relaunch party since they started way back in 1990. I'm, of course, talking about New Deal Skateboards. Now, I was a huge fan of the brand back in the day, big fan. I mean, I wanted to score, you know, they had their their long sleeves, those coveted long sleeves that, you know, Ed Templeton used to wear and all the New Deal guys. You know, I always wanted to rock those in my shorts. I never rode any of their boards, though, but I always loved their videos. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And I'm sure, you know, the band, the Odd Numbers, loves it, too, because I became aware of them. and I, I bought their CD. I mean, they're cool. They're a chill band. So, And they're still around. They're from the Bay Area as well. So anyways, man, I still own... A copy of Useless Wooden Toys, 1281, and 7-Year Glitch. So all on VHS, of course. But uh, but you get where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm a fan. I support the brand. Cool to see it coming back, you know, since the beginning. 30 years. I mean, think about that. I mean, it's coming back after 30 years, but it's not like it's been around for 30 years. It's not like a foundation that's been around for almost for forever, Rio, all those brands. But... However, as most of you know, there has been some controversy as of late in regards to Neil Hendricks' Neil Hendricks's relationship with the brand, actually. Huge controversy. And they're about very serious allegations, right? And if you're not up to date on that, I reckon, recommend you um, checking out Max. Is it Dubler or Dubler? Sorry if I mispronounced. I think it's Dubler on Twitter, at M-A-X-D-U-B-L-E-R. He wrote up and broke down the timeline in Neil Hendricks's, you know, abuse allegations. <clears throat> and it was and it was scary to read, depressing, very sad. I mean, I heard varying stories over the years, but this one really broke it down. And it's scary. Very scary. And, you know, this has been going on since what, 2018, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, most of you know the story of Neil Hendricks. I don't need to elaborate on that. So, but the latest controversy comes in is how New Deal was going to handle the relaunch of his board, along with these allegations. And there was going to be, well, are they going to allow Neil to have a board as well? And Neil even posted on his Instagram. I don't follow him anymore. <clears throat> but he was very excited. They were. It was all gung-ho. Hey, yeah, we're going to have his board. Let's do this. And it was about a week or so ago. Um, yeah, they because they've since deleted it. So and, and and basically, yeah, a week or so ago, they they posted that hey, it's on, we're good. And even Neil was like, yeah, I'm getting aboard after all. 
And as you know, it didn't go well for them. The comments were crazy. I think even Jeff Grosso was chiming in. Like I said, I didn't screenshot it or it's not around, but I remember seeing some chatter on Twitter. And I don't know. Neil still has his up, though. Like, I'll go on to that in a minute. But as if nothing ever happened. But, you know, I wish I still had that post to reference to. But it got so bad that Steve Douglas was offering to call up followers and explain to them over the phone or email or text or whatever how he is 100% certain that Neil is all good. He's a good man, stand-up dude, never did anything wrong. That's where things got really weird. It was so sad and painful to see him do that. I mean, the guy literally, he put his body on a grenade for him and New Deal. Steve pushed, like, his chips to the table. And then, you know, even tossed in his keys in the car. I mean, all in. For Neil. Now, and I'm all for backing your boys and speaking up when it's necessary and and it makes sense for all. You know, it definitely makes sense he did that. I mean, he's been around since day one and he's, you know, they're boys, I guess. But for whatever reason, he is 100% positive that Neil has done nothing wrong. And that's a red flag right there. Red flag number one. It was like, okay. And my whole thing is, if I were Neil, I would do, I would be doing all the talking, right? It's like, you know, those parents that have those unruly kids that always get in trouble and they're like, oh, little Timmy would never do that. My kid's good. No, he's great. Here, let me tell you why. If you ever have to have that kind of situation, you know <laughs> the person you're talking about is probably not in a, in a good light. Hence, Neil Hendricks. But I would be screaming at the top of my lungs of my innocence. I'd be deban- demanding people like to remove their name from their mouths but he hasn't done that he's just been sitting back laying low and maybe that's what his team's telling i don't even know if he has lawyers at this point or his advisors or anyone people in his head maybe they're recommending just 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 stay quiet doesn't look good for him at all like i said go check out max's tweet tell me if you'd like to you know actually tell me (laughs) would you uh would you have taken a call from steve actually did any of you talk to steve about this i'd love to hear your thoughts on this no steve if you hear this or i don't think you will i I don't need to talk to you i mean i guess who knows you i just don't see the point at this point because as i'm leading up to what recently happened let me know if you guys talked to steve on that how was that what did he say i'm very curious but here's the deal though especially since now they've stated most recently that they are no longer going to have neil's reissue deck and that they are their relationship with Neil is done, broken, like snapped. And here's what they said. As a result of recent controversies and new information received, New Deal has decided to end our relationship with Neil Hendricks. Out of respect for the privacy of all involved, we do not plan to elaborate elaborate further at this time. End quote. So wow. <laughs> for one. <laughs> Just wow. And of course, I have questions. What is this quote-unquote new information, if it is, as I tried looking before I started the show, is it, or is it just everyone was jumping in the comments and you were seeing more negative than positive, and this is for your brand, did Steve finally see the light? I'm shrugging. <laughs> I mean, what is this new information? I mean, I, for one, let me actually let me back up. 
good job, New Deal, on doing this. Very, I know it's a tough move. I don't know who made the, the final call, but props to you for ending that relationship. Okay? So I got to give you that. But this is when, think about this, so if you're in Neil's spot, this is when I would be updating all of my social media accounts, stating how disappointed I was in their decision, but then I also understand their stance, or, you know, something like this. I, I would also stress that I'm going to be going... I'm going to be going to my grave fighting to prove that I'm wrong and innocent. I'd be posting about, I'd literally be posting about my innocence on every social media platform until like <laughs> you guys would DM me and say, dude, Rick, yeah, well, we get it. You're innocent, dude. No need to post this anymore. Let's, let's all move on. Neil hasn't said a peep. In fact, the last image he posted on Instagram is of some kids playing around in Bangladesh. <clears throat> Probably not the best idea either. So all I'm saying is, if I were Neil Hendricks and quote-unquote innocent, as he claims to be, I'd go on a Neil Hendricks world tour. That would, I would make it my, like, worldwide. I wouldn't stop until everyone knew the absolute facts, especially if it hurt. Think about this. This is his livelihood. If you're hurt, if you're taking money off my table, out of my pockets, and it's not only a paycheck. Think about it. This is something he grew up and loved doing. Absolutely loved skateboarding. Now he's he's at risk to lose it all. Rightfully so. But if I were, if if I'm telling you, if I were innocent, I would be doing that. You guys would get so sick of hearing me talking about it. Like, yeah, Rick, okay, you're innocent, dude. But right now it's crickets. So all I got to say is good on you, New Deal. I, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'm sure you got some egg left on your face. It's going to clear, clear off. I mean, it's still the whole situation is so awkward. The whole Steve Douglas thing is so awkward. But they did the right move. And time will only tell, right, how this whole, like, failed attempt at, at basically damage control by Steve. How is that going to impact the brand? How is that going to impact Neil? What is Neil going to do next? I just had to get those thoughts out. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? I know most of you guys' thoughts. I saw it on Twitter, which inspired me to start this segment off with this, spend almost 10 and a half minutes talking about it. I mean, it's a huge deal. Very, very big deal. Very big allegations. And all I got to say, if, if if you were hearing Rick Beta with this this stuff and, and I was innocent, oh, yeah. I'd I'd have so many podcasts saying nope. Let's meet in person. I wouldn't have I wouldn't want Steve talking to me for for me. And I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. Let me know your thoughts. This is a very serious deal, but a very big deal. And this move that New Deal just made. Whew! That was fun. <laughs> I had to get that one out first. The heavy one out first. I knew midweek. I'm like, yep. I'm gonna be talking about New Deal. The time is now. As I got my water. But next up, I wanted to I wanted to give you an update actually on my quest, if you know of it. Maybe yeah, I think some most of you do. My quest to interview Brandon Beevil. You know, I've been going back and forth on this for about a month or so. Finally decided to give it a shot. I sent him a, D, a, a DM the other day on uh it was on Thursday. And cause only because I just can't accept the fact that he basically disappeared from skateboarding and out of nowhere, right? 
and it's not like the guy's hiding. He he's on Instagram every day. I mean, his stories. He's around. He's working out. He's doing his fitness game. He's, uh, you know, a coach or whatever he's doing. We all know he's where he's at on the regular. Okay, he's still in L.A. But I was hoping to get the guy on the show or even via email. I I left it open to him or whatever is convenient most convenient for him, just to help clear some things up. Because only because his his departure just seems so abrupt. To have like he was a pretty well known skater. I mean, skaters come and go, right? Pros, but for someone of his like status, just for him to leave, it just it wasn't. It's not still not sitting well with me. I'm moved on. I'm moving on. And as of this episode, I will be, have moved on because I'm going to fill you in a little bit more. But so I DM'd him on Thursday of last week and requested an interview. And I knew right away that he saw it because you know the message went from like sent to seen. I'm like, all right, well, he's probably working out or whatever. It was like 10:30 at night, so. But he didn't type anything, which, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. But I figured he was pushing weights or doing what he normally does, right? So I went to bed that night, told myself, all right, I'm going to wake up. And there's going to be a reply in there or whatever he said. Let's do this or sounds good or, you know, send me the questions or whatever was easiest for him. It was a long shot, of course, but I still felt it would happen. But the next morning, I saw nothing. Crickets. So I carried on with my day, you know, the rest of the week. I was like, ah, well, give him a couple more days. However, I just finally decided to reach out again on Saturday evening, I believe. I could check my phone, but um, and just state the obvious. I'm all, ah, it seems that obviously this is not a good time for you, but the offer is always on the table. Just something casual like that. And he replied back quickly. I saw him. He read the message, started typing. I'm all, oh, okay, cool. Saying something. Maybe it's going to be a middle finger or something, but his reply back was, no, thank you, bro. Cool. I was fine. I'm just glad he didn't leave me hanging. You know, I gave a quick and, and to the point reply and thanked him for getting back to me. And I kind of, that was it, you know? Yeah. So all along, you know, I had about 13 questions all locked in. I was ready to go at a moment's notice. Like if he would have said, call me right now, I would have called the guy just to get that, just to clear things up. So I posted on nomongo.com if you want to read them. Hey, cool. Uh, put comments on what you would ask him, you know, funny or not. Uh, but I, I was leaning more towards like the, on the serious. I wanted to, to, I had a good combination of workout ones to kind of relate to his current, you know, environment and his, his life. And then also some skateboarding ones just to answer some questions that for me personally that I had, I was like, Oh man. But so yeah, maybe one day he'll help fill them out. Most likely not, but I put it out there. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to post it on the website without answers. And maybe one day who knows? But I'm not going to lie, though. I, I really did want, like, his last podcast appearance to be about skateboarding to be on my show, to be on the No Mongo podcast. But that didn't happen. That's fine. I'll take the L. His last one, though, was on a podcast called uh, the Kill Cliff podcast, which is one of his sponsors, I believe. It's like an energy drink, CBD energy drink or something like that. But the, the host, you could tell he never skated because the questions he asked. And I'm like, oh, man, come on, dude. Come on this show. I got some good questions for you. And I skated. I still skate. But, you know, in a sense, though, that's how we will all remember Beeble. And that was back in, it was, it was in 2019, which is kind of weird. It's like, because he was still talking about skating and this and that. And the guy was asking about Tony Hawk. and But I was like, dude. Nobody's seen you on a board since 2018, but yeah, whatever. Whatever happened to Beeble in his life, we will never know why he just decided to walk away from skateboarding. So, but clearly, 
he is done with skateboarding. Clearly, I am going to be done with just pressing on with this because obviously it's it's pretty. I I tried, guys. Golf claps for me. I was just hoping we could all get some closure as to what happened. Maybe one day, but I'm not holding my breath. And finally, the Tampa Pro Contest went down over the weekend, and it did not disappoint. But, dot, 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 due to my son's soccer schedule, which was crazy this last weekend, I was able to sneak in, actually, only, I was only able to sneak in, actually, the men's final live. I mean, I was right before, you know, the, the second game that day of my son's soccer, so I was able to see that. But first, I'll start with the women's side. So I was able to watch the replay thanks to YouTube. But uh, Margie Didal, she got third place. Yeah. That 50-50 tray flip out was nice. It was very cool to see. Very on brand with her. Actually, speaking of brand, does anyone notice, like, there's something about her. She reminds me of kind of like a mix between a David Gonzalez or an Andy Roy. I mean, I'm I'm stretching there, of course, trying to think of it but she's just got this kind of personality and sense of humor to like she like she reminds me of somebody but i can't pinpoint it so that's why i was thinking like a david slash andy roy combo you know if, if, if they had a clone or had kids you know maybe it's just me okay i figured out at it so so second place went to japan's yumika oda and they didn't have her, which is kind of weird. I put in my notes on a question mark age, but they didn't have her age listed during her runs. I mean, does that mean she's like 10, 11, 12? I did notice too that the riders under 18 weren't rocking helmets either. The riders from Japan, because I, I thought that was like a Japan demanded thing that if they were under 18 in any contest, they had to wear a helmet. I don't know. Anyone else notice that? I, I just was like, wait, oh. That girl's 13, 14, 15, or whatever, and not wearing a helmet? Okay. So, but yeah, and speaking of Japan, of course, last but not least, Haina Maeda. Maeda, sorry. Shockingly not, she's from Japan. <laughs> she got first place. And it was pretty much that kickflip front board sealed the deal for her. She got a great score, and it carried on through the third run. Team Japan of course, got a big win yesterday. And sound like a broken record oftentimes because, oftentimes, because, yeah, Team Japan. What else are you going to say? So congrats to the ladies on that win. And you know me. I was pulling for Alexis Sablone to make it to the podium. I was just like, come on, maybe this time around. But she wasn't able to get through the semifinals. She took a couple, a couple slams. So, oh, well, you got this next time, Alexis. Next time. One of these times is going to work out for you. You can do it. And then, of course, the men's pro finals. I mean, you probably haven't heard of any of the three winners, so I'm going to make sure I just talk real, very slowly for this next section. These are all new riders. Never heard of them before. I'm kidding, of course. It's actually quite the opposite. So very well-known names and very tight competition for the men's side. Ishad took third. I mean, the dude, as we all know, right, can do it all. He's always a threat to anyone when he's skating in a competition. He just wasn't able to pull off that one perfect run, you know, to beat the top two guys. So, Ashad, dude, that was fun. You know, it just it just wasn't clicking for you, dude. But yeah, I was I was like, oh, he going into the weekend, he was top of mind. But then that qu- 
quickly changed as I was watching the contest. But so second place. Now this one is a bit of a shocker for me. It went to Shane O'Neill. And I know I've mentioned in previous episodes, I've been worried about the guy as far as competitions. I felt that it's as if like his better times have passed. Like, dude, let the young guys on your team, the Utos and all those guys do the contest because it's not working for you anymore. Nope. So I was wrong. He proved me wrong. He had a awesome, he solidified basically a rock solid third and final run. The guy I literally I put in my notes, ice in veins. He was calm. He was casual. He's technical, you know, as usual, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to watch his part a couple of times. Cause I mean, think about that. The stuff that he did in that run, he did that in a competition. That wasn't like there wasn't there weren't edits, you know, it wasn't done over weeks. It was all done in one spot in a sixty second run. So that's very impressive. So well done, Shane. And of course, wait, let me First place went to, of course, one of the most dominant riders, contest riders, I should say. Well, even street riders, just riders period in the past decade. That's right. I mean you guessed it, of course, Nigel Houston. Oh, and I must add, he won the best trick contest as well. I still haven't seen that yet. I'm a little behind. Like I said, weekend full of soccer has me way off on all fronts. The guy is on fire. And I had a feeling that he was going to make it a special weekend. I just, But seeing him get that 92.13 in his first run pretty much sealed the deal for me for and for him. I'm like, oh, wow. Give it to him now. But I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to go on like social media and jinx it. But I knew because did you guys see how literally every rider's second run after that just fell apart? They crumbled. The Nija effect was in full force. And, and they all knew right then and there, once he got that score, that they were all competing for two open spots now. So only two spots available. That's a ton of pressure, and it showed. I mean, they could they could have easily played the, the you know the yakety sack song for all the riders in their second runs, and it was painful to see, you know, only because I mean we as viewers and fans we want to see the riders give their best runs every time. That's why we watch cons like oh we want to see people rise up in the moment in the sixty seconds and just yeah go home get fist bumps you know l- hug your parents and your mom and everyone. We all know they could do it, but when you add a ton of pressure and you know. It just happens. Like your brain starts to misfire. You know, it snaps. Your feet don't connect to your head and, you know, you, you don't land tricks. But not but not Nija. Yeah. I mean, I saw some of the comments after, you know, Shane's final run saying he got robbed, etc. His run was good. Super tech. It had switch. But Nija's had just a little bit more. And that was the, the, the factor. And the, the one trick that really stood out to me was that kickflip disaster. It was on that the was it the left side um, quarter pipe. Tricks like that are gonna edge out just the small minor things for like between a first and second place run. So that's just that's just for me. So yes, Shane busted out. You know he to super tech switch tricks, but I agree with the judges on this one. It was very very close, but I agree with the judges. So congrats to Nigel Houston on another win. And I guess I, I'll just save some breath. I'd like to congratulate you on your next win in advance, which is going to come pretty soon again, too. So, yeah. 
But anyway, oh, and one last thing. I guess Nigel's uh, Make-A-Wish fan, Jaden, he was in, in, in attendance too. So that was cool to see. He posted that on his Instagram. Look at the smile on Jaden's face, though. Priceless. Congrats to the both of you. That was such a, such a cool picture. What a special day for him as well. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? That was so cool to see that. And there was, I think, I didn't notice it during it was live, but, you know, he kind of gave him a high five, you know, after that run and love to see that stuff. So that's cool. That's very cool to make a wish. Very cool to Nigel and very cool to Jaden. Got to experience that. Maybe, who knows? Maybe Jaden will be, you know, in, in an AM contest one day there. That would make it all come full circle. So that was very cool. So, and of course, that, uh, uh, that kick foot, Mason Silva. That's going to be on skate line. That was crazy. That was bonkers. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, guys. So, yeah, that's all I got for today. What a great weekend. It was a busy, busy, busy weekend on many fronts. So, thanks for tuning in and, you know, allowing me in your commute or, you know, during your workout with, with Beeble, you know, just keep pushing those weights. I'll see you next week. <laughs>